gospel reading for this morning comes from Mark's gospel, beginning in the sixth chapter at the first verse. And this is what Mark wrote. Jesus left there and returned to his hometown. And his disciples came along. On the Sabbath, he gave a lecture in the meeting place, and he made a real hit, impressing everyone. We had no idea he was this good, they said. How did he get so wise all of a sudden, get such ability? But in the next breath, they were cutting him down. Well, he's just a carpenter, Mary's boy. We've known him since he was a kid. We know his brothers, James, Justice, Jude, and Simon, and his sisters. Who does he think he is? And they tripped over what little they knew about him and fell sprawling, and they never got any further. And Jesus told them a prophet has little honor in his hometown, among his relatives, on the streets he played in as a child. And Jesus wasn't able to do much of anything there. He laid hands on a few sick people and healed them, and that's all. He couldn't get over their stubbornness. He left and made a circuit of the other villages teaching. And then Jesus called the twelve to him, and he sent them out in pairs. He gave them authority and power to deal with the evil opposition. He sent them off with these instructions. Don't think you need a lot of extra equipment for this. You are the equipment. No special appeals for funds. Keep it simple. And no luxury ends. Get a modest place and be content there until you leave. And if you're not welcomed, not listened to, quietly withdraw. Don't make a scene. Shrug your shoulders and be on your way. And then they were on the road. And they preached with joyful urgency that life can be radically different. And right and left they sent the demons packing. They brought wellness to the sick, anointing their bodies, healing their spirits. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Oh Lord, your church is composed of people like me. I help make it what it is. It will be friendly if I am. Its pews will be filled if I help fill them. It will do great work if I work. It will make generous gifts to great causes if I am a generous giver. It will bring other people into its worship and fellowship if I invite and bring them. It will be a church where people grow in faith and serve you if I am open to such growth and service. Therefore, with your help, Lord, we dedicate ourselves to the task of being all the things you want your church to be. Amen. For the first time in Mark's story, Jesus enters his hometown synagogue. And his successful activity in neighboring synagogues like Capernaum would have led us to believe that he would have had a successful adventure here as well. Also, the healings and the stories surrounding them have no doubt preceded his arrival back home. And hometown folks were expectant of great things happening for them. After all, folks, they had known him the longest and the best. 
Therefore, only the best would be acted out in their midst. I am quite certain that they had high expectations for this homecoming. And things got off to a great start. He began teaching in the synagogue and he made an impression on everyone. How did he get to be so good? How did he get so wise all of a sudden? Where did he get such ability? But then in the next breath, you can sense them catching themselves, not wanting to get carried away, not wanting to believe that something incredible might happen in spite of themselves. Because wait a minute here. We've known this guy for a long time. Remember he used to run around these streets in his youth? Remember, he's just Mary's boy, just a carpenter. He can't be who he says he is because we really do know him. In an old movie titled, Oh God, and if you haven't seen it, I suggest you do, John Denver was a store manager who meets God played by George Burns. And John Denver gets a letter telling him he's been called to meet with God, and he thinks it's just a big joke, but he goes to the designated meeting place anyway, and there's just this empty room and the voice of God. Well, he wants God to show himself. So reluctantly, God appears, looking quite a lot like George Burns, by the way. And God stands there as an old man with thick glasses, dressed in baggy pants, tennis shoes, a windbreaker, and a golf hat. And John Denver stares, mouth open, and God replies, What did you expect? And I think this is just kind of what happens in our story for today. You see, the hometown folks, they're just caught off guard. They've heard about the wonderful things that Jesus has been saying and doing, and they've marveled from afar. But when he presents himself to them, when he stands right in front of them, starts to do his thing with and for them, they pull back on the reins of familiarity. Wait just a minute here. You know how that tune goes. The more familiar we are with someone, we come to assume that they are really just like us and no more really. It seems that the more familiar folks were with Jesus, the less they were able to see him as he really was and that he was not at all like them. And we're further told that this attitude prevented Jesus from doing much of anything here, that he just couldn't get over their stubbornness. Hmm. Well, we think back to last week when a woman who'd been afflicted for 12 years was convinced that all she had to do was touch Jesus' cloak and she would be healed. And she did it. And she was healed. And Jesus turned and said, you know what? Your faith has made you well. And I think we get a sneak peek into the fact that our attitude might somehow be tied to the power of Jesus in our lives. He is more than capable. But I do believe something is required of us. And when that something is absent, together we have trouble getting by our stubbornness. So Jesus left his hometown where not much happened and made a circuit through other villages teaching. So how much do you suppose 
Do we refuse to see the power of God at work in our neighbors and friends just because we think we know them so well? We seem to be a society lately that is addicted to experts who, if you notice, always seem to be from somewhere else. Yet the tension here is that the most powerful work is done in communities where people generally do know each other. So to make matters just a bit more confusing, Jesus then calls the 12 to him, and he sent them out in pairs with instructions, and the instructions, I think, sounded a bit like this. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worry and your strife. I mean the bare necessities, old Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Wherever I wander, wherever I roam, I couldn't be fonder of my big home. The bees are buzzing in the tree to make honey just for me. When you look under the rocks and plants and take a glance at the fancy ants, and then maybe try a few, the bare necessities of life will come to you. They'll come to you. So don't spend your time looking around for something you want that can't be found. When you find out you can live without it and go along not thinking about it, I'll tell you something true. The bare necessities of life will come to you. You know, Jesus lets the disciples know that they don't need too much to do what he's asking them to do. He tells them that they are the equipment that they will need. He sent them out, and after his experience in his hometown, I think it's odd that he sent them out to become locals. They were not to be self-sufficient. They had no bag by command. They depended on the community of faith, which did not put them up in grand hotel suites, but kept them in their own homes. And the community came to them in their own strengths and weaknesses, and they learned their gifts and their limitations, just as the disciples learned the gifts and the limitations of the locals. No experts here. The power of God was realized in a developing relationship between those sent by Jesus to be with the people where they live and an open, receptive community. It is in that kind of an open and loving relationship that hope resides that the world will change and more of the kingdom will be realized in and through our efforts together to be followers of Jesus in our time and in our place. So folks, I think it's simple. May we just look for the bare necessities and then share them openly and freely with each other and maybe even with the world that is beyond our present experience. Amen. Oh,